Hello, friends, and welcome once again to everybody's favorite therapy-themed podcast. This is This Changes Everything. I'm your host, Sarah, and here with me, as usual, is the man, the myth, the therapy legend, Therapy Jeff. How are you, Therapy Jeff? I'm good. I love your intros. It makes me feel so good about myself. Oh, thank you. Well, if I could do anything, it's make you feel good about yourself because you make other people feel Mm. very good about themselves and, you know, help so many people in, like, relationships and stuff. So I try. I'm so impactful. i got to give you cred. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm being so nice, which is like the opposite of the theme of this episode, <laughs> which is yeah. fighting. Fighting. Oh, yeah. Uh, fights. Do you, I mean, what kind of, what kind of fighter yeah. are you, Sarah? Let me tell you, man, has it changed. Oh, yeah? The kind of person that you are with mm. really makes a difference in, in how you fight because now I mean, Eli and I, we've been together for like a year and a half or something close to that, a year and something. And I'm rounding up. It's like a year and two months or whatever. Okay. doesn't matter. <laughs> Long enough to have had a couple fights, arguments, whatevs. I can honestly say I have not raised my voice in – I can get a little bit of like a snarky tone, mm-hmm. but like an actual yelling – where like you feel exhausted afterwards and that, that like your chest hurts or just like that. You're very, you know, activated. I have not experienced that in so long. Not hmm. never with it. We don't, I, I have not yelled in years. Wow. Like that is nice. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Oh, it feels so nice. Did you Before used to that, yell? Yeah. Oh, 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 <laughs> so much well i what what happened is i never felt like i was being heard mm-hmm. yeah. and that so feeling louder. made me get louder yes. and and i yeah it would it would be like a and and there was kind of this intensity to it that i needed to match how angry or upset i was Mm-hmm. And now I know how to communicate how angry and upset I am. Well, first of all, I communicate before I get to that stage. Right, right. Uh, That's important. You know, and I don't feel like I need to make the other person feel like I feel. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So. Yeah, so much. Growth. I didn't just wake up like that. <laughs> just be like, oh, today I just, I, I think I'm not going to yell anymore. This was like yeah, recognizing I, mean, I, th- I hated it. Uh, exactly. I think that we, a lot of us have to go through fights and relationships or kind of losing our minds a little bit, feeling really bad about it. And then eventually look back on that relationship and you're just like, whoa, that was, that did not feel good. I don't want to do that again. It was probably because of the dynamic and the person and the triggers or the feedback loop. And also just me being in a relationship, not figuring myself out yet and knowing how to communicate and I'm not feeling hurt. So I get really loud. Like you need all that data in order to make changes in a more positive way. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to see how you're going to react in Mm -hmm. order to go, Oh, I don't want to react like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm in a new relationship. Yeah. I haven't gotten in any fights. It's only been like four months in my new relationship. So no time. Everything's perfect and she's perfect and nobody can do anything wrong. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We, we're we both therapists, though, so we're kind oh, of feeling goodness, each other okay, out. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be those really weird kind of subtle and maybe like way too analytical fights where you're just trying to top the other one with your therapy skills. I've gotten into fights like that, and um, those are no good for anybody. It, those That's what it's like. I've never dated a therapist before, so. Oh, my God. They're I psychotic. tend to like to use that as like my trump card in the fight, so <laughs> yeah. I can't have somebody who also has that. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. theirs. I can't uh-huh. win, Jeff. Yeah, you, they know all your moves, and yeah. you know you know all their moves. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I think before when I was younger and I was in relationships, I would just sort of shut down. Yeah. And I wouldn't participate in the fight. And I'd try to avoid or try to deflect or try to be funny, which uh, was very annoying and frustrating because I just wouldn't engage. And then as I became older and dated more people and figured out how to communicate better, uh, the fights got more productive. And I can imagine with an older sister and mm-hmm. parents in like the therapy field, like it's you would get steamrolled in like an argument. And and it would be easier to just yeah 
surrender. Exactly. And yeah. I would just mm-hmm. go to my room when I was a kid. I was like, I don't want to be around this. Avoid. I'm going to avoid, go to the basement, play video games, listen to music. I don't want any part in this. And they would just sort of let me do that. So it was kind of reinforced uh, that mm-hmm. when things would get a little like upsetting or um, screamy, I would just go away. Uh, so, so of course I'm going to continue to do that in my adult relationships, but before we get into it, before we get into like healthy fights slash, I titled this how to win all the fights. That is a wink and I'm not, we're not really all the fights. If we had a soundboard right now, we would insert that. (laughs) Ching, ching, like like ring sound, you know, like yeah. that that I don't the know what it is. Register, like, yeah, the cash register, yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Why is mm-hmm. that a ring? Why is that associated? With, maybe it's like betting. I don't know, yeah. something like that. I have no idea. Oh, it's like the sound of the start the fight. That the two oh, bells. Oh, that ding, ding. Yeah, yeah. I love that you thought it was a cash register. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's how sporty we are over here. Exactly. <laughs> um, do you have any favorite fights that you saw on TV or in shows or movies? Yeah, you know, I loved when we did our uh, episode on attachment. We were talking about how like securely attached couples like are terrible mm. TV. Mm-hmm. So, I it, it feels like all of your favorite couples, you know, the passionate ones, the ones that broke up and got back together. You're like Ross and Rachel mm. situation. It's Classic. always. You know, do you take a side on that? Were they on a break? Was it okay what Ross did? Totally. Do you remember? They were on a break. They were on a break. Yeah. And they didn't define the rules. Somebody yeah. should have talked about that. Correct. Yeah. If it's that loosey-goosey, then that might happen. Right. The terrible communication. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. we'll, we'll get to. But yeah, that's kind of like a go-to of, of like fighting. It feels like, oh, you know what I think of when I think of fights in relationships? The movie High Fidelity. John Cusack. So in the movie, he breaks up with his current his current girlfriend. Breaks up with him, or is like hooking up with like the neighbor and like kind of cheating on him or something like that. (laughs) And so he's like, "Why does this always happen? What does it all mean?" So he goes back and he uh, explores the past relationships and how they ended and like what happened in those, kind of with a a different lens and and perspective that he's able to have. Kind of sees things as they truly are. And there's a lot of fight scenes in that that are great. One of my favorites is when he's yelling outside of her window and I'm trying to think of her name. It's like, Lisa, you bitch, let's work it out. (laughs) I love that line. Lisa, you fucking bitch. Let's work it out. It's such a good, like, I hate you, but I love you because like the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. Right. Yeah. It's, I don't give a fuck. Uh And so for somebody to passionate be like, I hate you, but I love you and I need you and we need to work it out. It just like tickled me. So that's the fight I think of. In my head. That's a and good then she fight. like shuts the curtains on him and like hooks Classic. up with the guy. <laughs> the I th- the first one of my first like favorite fights that I watched was from Six Feet Under when we watched Brenda Whoa. and Nate get into fights. And there was this one fight where they were breaking up and Brenda took off her ring and threw it at Nate. I think Nate was just like, Do not throw that ring at me. That is so cliche. And she was like, so oh, cliche. Classic. <laughs> Throw the ring. I saw her do that and I was just like, oh, I want to throw my ring at somebody so bad. That is that is a fight that I want to get into. It looks so, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very that fight was so dramatic and so toxic. Their relationship mm. was... Oh, my God. You guys and, and haven't seen that show. Oh, it's amazing. Go back and watch it. Also, one of the best, most satisfying endings ever for any series ever Perfect. created. Mwah. They just, put like, it, they just like gave you the everything top. you could ever want was everything. in that ending. This is going to turn into like a stand podcast for... Yeah. One of the things to, <laughs> to keep in mind, especially with like thinking about Brenda and Nate and them getting into fights over and over again. And even you mentioned this before we started recording, the breakup, the movie, the breakup. Oh, yes. When you get into a fight with somebody... That starts to feel like intimacy, like the the passion, the connection that happens. Um, a, a state of arousal. Your brain is it it's, has a trouble mm-hmm. differentiating between types of arousal. Yes, exactly. Um, so, and it also you can kind of like get into this uh, what therapists might call a cycle of violence. So, mm-hmm. even if it's not 
physical violence. It's just sort of like emotional violence where you get into, like, it starts to build, the tension starts to build and you're just like, I fucking hate this person. And then you explode and you get into a fight and there's like, Oh, I can't stand you. And here's all the mean things we're saying to each other. And then you kind of calm down and then you make up and then you have this like little mini honeymoon period. And it feels so good. That high feels so good of reconnecting. And maybe you have like hot sex or mm-hmm. a good week or whatever. And then the tension builds and then it happens again over and over and over and over again. And that mm-hmm. to some people, to me in some past relationships feels like intimacy. It's hard. And then, and then we're addicted to that cycle. Uh, so we know that we shouldn't be repeating that cycle over and over again, but it's so hard to get out of. So I want to like validate that there's a part of you that's just like, this is toxic. This is not okay. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to leave it because those fights are nuts. Yeah. It's the repair part, the repair part mm-hmm. that feels so like, it's like the person that we love feels mm. so, so yeah, gratifying and safe again. Yeah. And then when that same person that you feel safe with, with is also the source of those unsafe feelings, it just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. becomes very difficult for. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, time out. I know we're excited about answering the next questions, but first, I'm really excited because remember how last episode I was telling you that I ordered a adorable print of Bo from Easy mm-hmm. Canvas Prints and I was waiting for it to show up. <gasps> Look at it! I'm there it is. It. Only oh, I can oh, see it. So maybe you'll have I to went take away, my but now, uh, yep, therapy Jeff can see. Oh Aww, my gosh! Do you see what? how cute that is? Baby. And look at how nice it is. Look, wow, it's that's like profesh. It, profesh right like that is sturdy not like you're like like wood frame that's about to fall apart no. this is like this is good that's, quality that's not flimsy that looks it is really not good. right yes i mean i'm so happy with this and i got my little picture of Bo. yeah excited it was and so it's, easy it's not pixelated it just no. looks like a professional photography yeah and you know what they it was like oh this part might get cut off what do you think and they like adjusted it for me and now it's perfect. I love it. These are kind of perfect for dog photos. I mean, also print off like your babes and the people that you love. But I don't know. This kind of works like so, so well for pets. Yes. I don't know yeah. why either. It felt like the perfect thing. And I'm glad you like it. I'm very excited to show it <laughs> off. So. Yeah. So treat yourself, but also like print these out for your partners or your friends, for anniversaries, for gifts. For anything that's coming up, do not wait to elevate your home or office decor with a custom canvas print today. Visit easycanvasprints.com slash TCE for a special offer. To our listeners, you can get unlimited 16 by 20 canvas prints for only $14.99 each. Again, that's easycanvasprints.com slash TCE. Those are the letters TCE. Easy Canvas Prints, turning memories into masterpieces. Order yours now. So like we mentioned before in past episodes and here today, one thing that you might want to think about when it comes to understanding your fighting style, your arguing style, is how did your parents role model fights for you? Because those are some of the first people that you're learning from. Um, They probably didn't do a great job because parents suck. Yeah. Maybe you didn't know that. Yeah. All, all parents suck. All of them. Like, Terrible of them. at it. Not good. I mm-hmm. mean, they're just like, because they're humans and we human don't and know what we're doing over yes. here. It's like a, you know, a trial and error. Yes. So yeah, like how you role model fights. And I think there, there was this idea for a long time that we should fight away from the children. We should keep this hidden. We shouldn't let them see any of this, which then doesn't teach anything about conflict resolution Mm -hmm. or problem solving Mm -hmm. to the children. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Even even worse, sometimes you just do the big fight in front of them and then you repair behind closed doors. That's the worst part that like the studies show that kids, people always worry, like, I don't want my kids to see us yelling at each other. And the part that is damaging is not seeing the repair, Mm -hmm. seeing the fight and witnessing a fight with it, within healthy reason. Like if there is, of course, physical violence or abusive language, that's different. But if there is just, you know, a disagreement argument between parents and kids witness that and then they also see how the parents resolve that 
Mm -hmm. then they learn really valuable lessons that mm -hmm. it's okay if I have this human experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, um, we talked about this in the sibling ep episode, but how did you re resolve fights with your siblings and how did your parents or did your parents or caregivers, did they step in to be like, this is how you should resolve your argument with your brother or sister? Cause that is one of the ways, the main ways that you learn how to do fights. And then with your friends or peers, that's also another way, right? I honestly, like after we've talked about that, I can't think of how we even resolved fights when mm. we were younger. It almost seemed like it was yell in the moment, express your frustration and anger, and then that person that made you angry has to just deal with it until you're not angry anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. And then you have to almost like, like make it up to them in some way that it, that's insane. There's no communication there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, none at all. Yeah, so, and then I'm like, oh, maybe if I clean the house enough, then no one, and that, like, it's through these weird passive-aggressive, like, non-communicative, like, actions. What mm -hmm. is that? <laughs> Not healthy. That <laughs> that's you like your little kid brain trying to figure out what way to make the situation not weird anymore and yeah. and it would be best if you had an adult giving you like healthy feedback about what to do in order to repair and reconnect and feel yeah. better but of course likely you, that's not yeah. going yeah then yeah, yeah. um even if that. even if your parents were great and they didn't suck you still deserved better because they're imperfect and flawed. Like, we're not going to get the parents that we deserve, uh, but that's just sort of how it goes. Um, is there for you, Sarah, I, yeah. uh, one of the questions that I get a lot is um, from couples is how many fights is too many oh. fights. Uh -huh. And I always have a really hard time answering this. Do you have any sort of answer? Do you know for yourself? Yeah, I I, I think it's, it's hard to put an actual number on it, but I think mm -hmm. the important thing to do is to look at the, like, how you respond to that. Like the, the kind of like that cycle you were talking about mm -hmm. and being able to see it as a pattern that happens in the relationship. If it becomes a pattern and if it becomes something that is beneficial to the relationship in like a weird twisted way like <laughs> right. you know like this is like you said the intimacy yeah if that's it mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. and almost yeah. like something that people begin to like their actions show me that they're encouraging or welcoming the that pattern mm -hmm. rather mm -hmm. than trying to change it mm-hmm yeah, that's a good point. If, like, it, if, mm, if it becomes part of the connection or the intimacy yes. falling into these patterns, that's a red flag. Oftentimes, if somebody is asking me how many fights is too many fights. Oh, too might, many. Yeah. That <laughs> you, number. <laughs> exactly. You probably already know that you're having too many fights or else what you wouldn't be asking. Point. Right. Yeah. I, um, I wouldn't be like that. As a therapist, what I would say is, well, does it feel like too many fights? Exactly. What does your gut say? You know. Yeah. For yeah. yourself. Mm -hmm. And my tolerance level might be different than your tolerance level. Totally. And the way that I fight is different than the way you're fighting. So mm -hmm. if you're asking the question, it's a red flag. If it's becoming one of the main ways you're intimately connecting, it's a red flag. Yeah. And also ask yourself, what does your gut and your intuition say? But then the other side is like people say, well, I never get into a fight, which is usually kind of weird and makes totally. me question, are you speaking up ever? Do you right. ever have differences? What is going on? Are you aliens? Are you AI? I don't understand why you're never having a disagreement are you doing that thing where you're just like repressing all of the feelings because let me tell you that turns into like mm -hmm. disease in the body don't do that yeah you're bad, trying to be the cool chick bad bad yeah don't do that person yeah. yeah you know i think it's important to define the term fight okay. like i think that some people think of a fight as like the image like if you were to ask me have i gotten into a fight with eli I would say no, because in my mind, fighting is fucking ripping the doors off the hinges and yelling at each other and, and getting to an 11 and, and somebody screaming and cursing and like the things that I saw growing up that that's a fight. 
to me, I'm like, no, we've had civil dis- discussions about our feelings and our, our, uh, you know, the way somebody was acting or reacting in a situation. But mm-hmm. so I think maybe for the people who say, oh, I've never had a fight, it mm. could be like, I've never had a fight that looks like that. Right. But have you had a, uh, this was by some like disagreement, argument, discussion. <laughs> People love to come up with alternative words for fights. A heated debate. A heated debate. They love that one too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and you know, it might be because your feelings were hurt. It might be because you're seeing things differently. It might be because you're, feel, you're, you're not heard or seen or understood. It might be because you felt neglected or rejected or abandoned and you want to tell them how you felt about it and they were belittling you or didn't get what you were saying. Um, and it, so it can be just little disagreements. And it can also be uh, you feeling really triggered. Right. So there might be something that you've experienced in the past and they did something to trigger it. Like you have abandonment issues and they didn't come home. They came home an hour and a half late and you're just like, where were you? What's going on? You're like, whoa, I was out with my buddies. What did I have to text you all the time? And then you get into a fight about it. So sometimes it's like something that's actually happening and sometimes it's something that's triggered from the past. What a good thing to point out that it Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be an actual like situation that you can point to where it's like infidelity. Somebody did something. It may just be echoes of the past and ways Mm -hmm. that people are reacting or things that people are bringing in from past relationships to the new one that then have to be kind of ironed out or discussed. And that's always going to happen. There's always going to be stuff that we like collect this baggage, whether it's from our childhood or ex partners, and then we bring it into the new relationship. And then we sort of have this, uh, like, are we going to continue to experience the same fight over and over again? Is it going to get reinforced or are we going to have a healing experience? And we're going to get into some healthy tips in order to figure out how to get through that. But it's all about the repair. So ask yes. yourself after a fight or argument or heated debate or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, are you getting closer? Yeah. Like, are, are you understanding each other better? Are you growing? Are you evolving? Are you learning about each other? Um, or are you walking around with resentment and contempt oh. and withdrawing? Contempt is like anger, but it's, uh, you go from zero to 100 in an instant. So they left a, a dish by the sink and they didn't put it in the fucking dishwasher or even just in the actual sink. They put it on the counter, right? The worst. And you just lose your goddamn mind. But it's not about the dish that's right there. It's about feeling disrespected or it's about feeling not heard or listened to or being taken advantage of. Or I do all of the household labor and chores, right? So that's contempt. what contempt is. And you just yeah. go there so quickly. And you know that 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 weird vibe when you're like walking around the house and like, avo- oh, excuse me, pardon me. And like avoiding each other, like <laughs> that could cont- so like good. contempt for each other. But like, Ugh. like you've, who you're talking to them, like they're like somebody that you just pass in an elevator. It's Ugh. so weird. It's so awkward for both people. Everybody knows what's happening mm-hmm. and you're just like mm-hmm. stewing mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, it is gross. <laughs> It's yeah. gross. But it's also like this happens. Like even if you're in a healthy, yes. caring, loving relationship, yes. you're going to walk past your partner and treat them like a stranger that is just yes. super annoying. Right. And then I take about 24 hours of that before I go, okay, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's something going on. And then we got to do the whole, dis- we have to have a discussion and it's yes. a whole exactly. thing. It's a whole and thing. Yeah. Okay, let's take a little time out to talk about one of our sponsors of the show. That's Care Of. We absolutely love this. Well, first of all, I love a customized quiz. I was mm. like that, that you know, a teen who flipped to the back of the magazine mm. to take the quiz because I like want something customized, even if it's just information about like my personality. I also want customized like vitamins and customized like supplements that are going to be in line with my actual needs. And, uh, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what care of does makes it I super know. easy. 
I, I don't know why, but I really feel like I want to continue to focus on the quiz. Okay. <laughs> I was I was also the person that loved to take those quizzes. The least that you should do is go yeah. take the care of quiz. It's yeah. cute. It's adorable. You learn something about yourself. You get results instantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very satisfying clicking through this quiz. I don't know. There's like, It's like the most – it's the best user design I've ever experienced. It is very nice, huh? It and is. It, and, it, and it like felt like it was customized to – you know, I, I, I really wanted something that was going to help with like focus mm-hmm. and they have like all the focus blends. Mm-hmm. So it was even fun to learn about like what kind of stuff is in the focus blends. I have my little ashwagandha. And then mm-hmm. when I recently went to the doctor, they, they were like, what kind of vitamins and, and supplements do you take? And I felt very proud of myself when I got to say that I'm on like a regular consistent supplement routine. Look at you. I you know. Grown yeah. up adulting over here. <laughs> One of my favorite parts also is the app. Because you can build like a holistic routine and track your progress. They have all these updated features. Plus, you get to earn rewards. I love to earn a reward or a badge for sticking with all my healthy habits. It is amazing. We love Care Of. So for 50% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter the code ThisChanges50. That's for 50% off your first Care Of order. Go to TakeCareOf.com and enter the code this changes five zero. One of the things, one of the ways that I like to think of fights, arguments in a relationship, and, and if you're experiencing them in a healthy way, is breaking it down in this very simplistic way of saying, like, okay, are you in a secure relationship mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. in an insecure relationship? So if you, yes, safe if you or have unsafe. a, yes, yes. safe totally. or unsafe. So if you're in a secure, securely attached relationship and there's a, a a disagreement or an argument that comes up what happens hopefully if you're in that secure relationship is you're like oh okay here's something that's getting in the way of the relationship how can the relationship change how can the system yeah. uh, evolve so that all of our needs are met do we need to make a compromise? Like what's going on here? So it's kind of like, it's us against the problem, not me versus you. Yes. That's a very secure reaction to a relationship. But if you're in an insecure relationship or if you have an insecure attachment, you there's like a, something that comes up and you're like, cool. So here's my needs and good luck with yours. You know, oh, like, it's just, yep. a, right. This is when I tend to get the thoughts of the, uh, the, the, the well, you know what? I don't really need them anyway. Maybe I'm fine on my own. I'll just like, <laughs> who need even needs it? And then like start like plant, like imagining that, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. I'm going to take care of me because I'm fearful mm-hmm. that you will not be able to meet my needs in mm-hmm. this, in which case I'm going to feel alone and Right. Rejected. So I might as well just start prepping for that now, which then imagine the vibe that puts out. Oh, God. We not one of vibe. repair. No, no not at all. Jeff. <laughs> no, Sarah, but you did that. You do that, have done that yes. in past relationships because that's yes. how you survived in childhood. Yeah. You had to take care of yourself. You didn't have these healthy, beautiful parents getting down on your level, trying to figure out how you can feel safe and secure. And when you get into an argument with a sibling, you're like, okay, how can we get all get our needs met? Or how can you understand how you've emotionally impacted your brothers? Right. Right. Uh, So you're just kind of, you're on your own. You're on your own. And that actually typically like that works to survive. That works to meet some of your needs, you know, to emotionally survive through your family. That's what you had to do. But you created all of us or like have to some degree, have some sort of insecure relationship attachment. And that's what comes up. So if you can even fake it for me, um, ask yourself or tell your, tell each other, this is us against the problem. It's not you against me. What do we need to do in order to make sure that we can get most of our needs met? That is something that I have to remind myself of Mm -hmm. constant, like, you know, I think it's really helpful for anyone who feels like they didn't get an example of this or feels like insecurely attached or just insecure in the relationship. In that moment, it's almost like you can't trust your own brain. Mm -hmm. You can't because you're thinking from a place of survival. 
mm-hmm. not a place of what is like, I don't know what you really want or with, with that from right. that wise mm-hmm. mind. And so having a list have like, I'm a big fan of post-it notes. I had, you know, a, a journal that I wrote like things that I know to be true. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what you're deserving of. This is what matters. Mm-hmm. This is what this, this person is here to support you. They're there. Like my own reassurance, because like what I was really seeking was reassurance. But, you know, as we know, like putting the pressure on somebody else to provide us that is, is, mm-hmm. you know, nice, but asking a lot of them. So we want to be like our own source mm-hmm. for reassurance. And when I'm able to remind myself in the moment, this is a person whose goal is for you to be happy and our relationship to be healthy and things to be good. Mm-hmm. His goal is not to like make you feel bad. Why, right. why do we think this? You know? <laughs> and then because my go-to, even when we were mountain biking and I got in a big old fight right. with him because I was so annoyed. My go-to was, well, then why don't you just find a girlfriend who you can do this? Maybe you should find somebody else who will do this. Because my ultimate fear was that if I didn't like this, that he was going to like leave me and who leaves somebody because they don't like mountain bike. And that's insane. But <laughs> it, it was like, I'm going to push you away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to feel safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to take care of my own needs. Yep. <gasps> Good luck finding Ooh. somebody else who can do them for, you know. Yes. And, and totally. That's your insecure attachment manifesting mm. because you're feeling really upset and triggered. I get yeah. it. But like you're saying, asking yourself, what is the goal here? The goal here is to reconnect, to love each other, to figure out this problem together and try to do it like you're saying with your wise mind. It's a cliche thing for therapists to say, but it's a really good question that you should ask yourself every single fight. Do you want to be connected or do you want to be right? Because oftentimes when we get into fights, it's about, so I'm right and I have the verifiable facts. I have the shot by shot slow-mo replay in my brain that is the like actual real thing that happened. And all I need to do, because I'm the right person is convince you that you're wrong and once once i convince you of that then of course you will like get on your knees and beg for forgiveness and i will grant you that for you like you we're like we all think that we're the hero in our own story oh yeah right we are the main fucking characters only they understood if the only and really the only main character is therapy, Jeff. It's me. I'm the main <laughs> character. You are all supporting characters in my very silly life. But that is a real feeling that we all have. Uh-huh. And we, so, so there's also kind of the there's no one truth. I was just going to say there are two truths. Right. Yes, yeah, there's two totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that moment when you realize that their truth actually might be mm-hmm. a possible truth or the truth. Mm-hmm. That is a moment where maybe you can swallow that pill and go, you know what? I, I do see how I am acting like that and how that could be perceived. You're so right. Or you do the other thing, which Mm -hmm. is become defensive and Mm -hmm. then respond with more of the same or worse of the Mm -hmm. behavior that they're trying to, you know, point out. Right. That's usually how it goes. Yes, exactly. Well, here's a question, Jeff. How do I not lose my mind when uh, it's my responsibility? Not responsibility. I'm just doing it because that's like what you should do in sharing the, you know, domestic duties Mm -hmm. uh, to cook meals because I'm not really good at that. I'm not really good because I'm a last minute planner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then when I'm super hungry, I am panic and I don't know what to decide to make and I'm really bad at looking in our refrigerator and like making meals from what no chance. So I got to simplify and, and make this like, uh, like set myself up for success when it comes to like getting, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner in any way I can. And what I love are meal prep services, things that like are your ingredients delivered to you. The, uh, uh, instructions clearly written out Mm -hmm. that's why i love me some green chef and top it all off organic 
Mm. We love that. Maybe you've been using like HelloFresh, some other services. They're like, this one, organic, amazing quality ingredients. I can go on and on. Green Chef actually is the number one meal kit for eating clean with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. Um, they also, if you're a calorie counter, like you, can, you can get like meals for under 700 calories. If you want like really protein-packed meals, yeah, you I want can the find opposite them. of that. I'm like, what's the one the extra cheese? Give me that. <laughs> extra cheese. I was making some Green Chef meals with my girlfriend, and we were trying to figure out, should we call it Green Jeff? Oh, or, my gosh. Or Therapy Chef. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They're all so good. They're both so good. We couldn't decide. What so. an adorable little, like, I can see you guys. You're, like, there, you know, following the little recipe, like, chopping up, you know, each mm-hmm. doing, like, your different step and then, like, laughing and then, you know. Mm-hmm. I like that. So That's good. cute. Cooking together is really great for couples, too. Ugh, it's so bonding. Yes, yeah. everybody should do it. If you want a better relationship, and if you want to let me know if we should call it Therapy Chef or Green Jeff, <laughs> then please so leave a comment. Um, but also, go to greenchef.com slash TCE50 and use the code TCE50 to get 50% off plus Free shipping, free shipping. That's uh, greenchef.com slash TCE50 and use the code TCE50 to get 50% off plus free shipping. If we want, we can blame capitalism. I think, you know, capitalism. Love doing that. Yeah, blame capitalism. Capitalism teaches us that we should win all of the arguments. We should negotiate. And there's a winner when there's like, when you're negotiating, there's a winner and there's a loser. You're in this boardroom and you're trying to have the most power. So in our working environment that might actually serve us right to get the raise to you know like that's how we're trained okay. to move up the ladder of capitalism and then we Jeff, take i those. love this point you're making yeah we take that shit and we put it into our relationship and that's not the right way to do it so it's you have this like capitalistic mind frame that you need to leave at your job and just be like more relational in your connecting with your baby and i would say that doesn't even end at the you know just kind of that i have to win and every at everything attitude that a lot of the behaviors or skills that may be very beneficial in one area and honed and trained and like all that debate, arguing, mm-hmm. proving your point, like mm-hmm. convincing others, whatever it may be, may work against you in fights. Like I always said, the same thing that makes me, I don't know, maybe witty and funny and able to be quick on a podcast has made me vicious in fights before i had to learn how to not say the one thing because i'd be like oh i know what i should say here i know exactly what'll cut them real deep and that same skill that like can be so good over here if you Mm -hmm. bring that in Mm -hmm. it does not help the situation this is like a different you have to like remember you guys are are if you want to think of it uh, as a boardroom like you guys are business partners in the same company, like exactly. with the same goals for the business. I tell that to my clients often, like a couple clients that I know it, it this is going to like suck all the romance out of it. I know this is going to make it sound like, you know, mm-hmm. paperwork or whatever. But the person that you marry, the person that you're with, your partner is it's like you guys have decided to run a business together. And mm-hmm. so you want to know, like, are you in agreement on where the dire- the direction the business is headed? You know, like a business, you'd have like monthly meetings and, and right. time where you'd, you know, go over like, what's the plan, you know, five, 10, 15 plan for the future, whatever they do in business. I don't know. <laughs> uh, sounds right. Uh, I've seen succession a couple of seasons. So like, <laughs> <laughs> you get it. You get I, it. You, you could run it. a business. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta be on the same page. You yeah, do. Yeah. And one of the things, uh, I think it's, it's also a popular thing to say, is uh, hey, this is a two-way street. Where I, I get where that's coming from, of, uh, but it's more of a one-way street at each time. So when I say it's more of a one-way street instead of a two-way street, what I mean is that yeah. okay, Sarah 
you're uh, mad at me, so you're going to go ahead and tell me everything that you're frustrated about. Tell me how I emotionally affected you. Tell me what your perspective is. And it's just Sarah. It's just Sarah, and it's just me listening. Instead of Sarah being like, this is what happened. I'm like, well, it's a two-way street. This is what happened. No, this is what happened. This is what happened. Uh That two-way bullshit, you just kind of get into it, and you never agree on anything, and nobody feels heard or understood. But if we just focus on Sarah... And we talk about what she needs, then she can feel good. And then we can shift to the other one-way street, which would just be me. So it's about taking turns, validating each other's emotional experience, right? Yeah. It's, it is so like disengaging. What's the word? Like, like. It calms everything down. Like, like mm-hmm. it, it, it just makes everything calmer. Yeah, I guess that. there's a word <laughs> really that I'm does. thinking of that, that, like, like I don't know, brings it down, disengage. But that's not the right word. It's something else. But that as soon as you mm. give that sp- and and stop doing the back and forth thing, and mm-hmm. welcome that like validating and listening and, you know, hearing Mm -hmm. the direction and, and, you know, side of the street they're coming from. It can be very hard to do if this is something that only one person in the relationship has an understanding of Mm -hmm. or an agreement of. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, Maybe some of our listeners out there, they're like getting all the info. They're they're like, okay, this is how I'm going to have, have the fight. This is how we're going to have the argument. It can be so helpful to have a discussion about the fights, kind of like we're doing right now, to set a new precedent for future fights. It's very difficult when one person comes in with that validating and listening and the other person doesn't match that and mm. is like, oh. Oh, God, then you're doing, I see like, this happen. you're doing a ton of emotional labor. You're yes. on different wavelengths. One of you is being defensive while the other one is trying to be the healer. Eventually you're going to resent each other. It, yeah. It's, it's not good. It's, it's, it's tricky. This is much easier to do with a therapist and with mm-hmm. some coaching totally. and with a little practice. Cause it really is like, it is, you know, I like joke that it's like communication mad libs mm-hmm. that, you're really following a formula mm-hmm. and it feels so fucking weird and robotic and like mm-hmm. unemotional in a way if you're not familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to get used to it. And it's a really difficult thing to do. If we're just focusing on what Sarah's experience was, Ooh. I have to put my whole thing to the side and not, I, I feel like I want to defend myself. I feel like I want to correct her. I feel like she's wrong in the way that she's remembering things, but it doesn't matter because right. I want Sarah to understand that I get her emotional experience. I'm empathizing with her. I see where she's coming from. Uh, okay, Jeff, real quick. I have to tell you, like, you know, one of my, this is, I don't know. Give me your advice on this. What does it say about me? One of my favorite things to do is take credit for giving somebody the idea to use something that then benefits them or helps them. So I have felt like, like everybody's hero. Mm, You're saving the world. Saving the world over here. Yeah. Because all of my friends have, uh, been asking like what do they do and what's the, the trick for thinning hair mm-hmm. because like who aging isn't experiencing thinning hair mm-hmm. feels like so many people mm-hmm. uh and so i have been telling them neutrophil is the way to go and then they all come to me and are like oh my god sarah thank you so much i can't believe it look at how much thicker my ponytail is look at all this new hair growth i have look at all this scalp coverage i have mm-hmm. and i take credit for it like i am the actual like inventors and creators like you created neutrophil yes. yes i support you i think you should continue doing that take all the credit uh neutrophil is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement for women clinically shown to improve your hair growth visible thickness and visible scalp coverage so i mean they're the ones that actually created this so they can get a little bit of the credit, but you are spreading the word. And then your friends go to you for all the advice because you have the best advice. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So like take my advice on this podcast and then take our advice with the supplement that's going to help you grow your hair. Yes. It's it's something I like to do because it just sort of like it it makes it so that like the this one part of like my aging kind of like stops or slow downs and regrows just a little bit. So I love it. It works for me. Um, I'm going to keep on taking it forever, possibly. And I give you, Sarah, all the credit in the world. If it wasn't for you. I'll take it. I'll take it. (laughs) Hey, you know what? Our show. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. (laughs) This changes everything. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code CHANGES. Find out why over 3,500 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code CHANGES. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code CHANGES. So if Sarah and I are together as a couple and we go to a party, and at the end of the party when we go home, Sarah's just like, you know what? I felt pretty abandoned by you. We went to the party and you started talking to your friends. You barely talked to me. Uh, I didn't know anybody there, so I felt really awkward and alone and rejected, and I was just like eating the snacks and drinking the stupid punch, and it went on forever, and I was trying to get your attention the whole time. But you were just having fun and ignoring me. So if that's her experience, then I need to know more about it. But my experience was that I went to that party and I tried to make sure that my friends talked to her. And I pulled her into all of the conversations. And I went above and beyond by making sure I didn't talk to like my ex-girlfriends. And we were having fun. And if I ever lost touch, I would always go back to her. And those are two things... Two like experiences that really did happen, and it doesn't matter what my experience is yet. I just have to be like, wow, Sarah, that must have been really hard. You felt really nervous going into that, and then all of a sudden, I'm just not paying attention to you. Like, you feel like I, I don't even care about you. You must have felt let down. You must have felt unloved. You must have felt unimportant. You must have felt like uh, this yeah. is you know this is I the fifth time like this that. is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, and then I'm just like, well, tell me more. Tell me even more. Does, do you think that I understand it? Do you think that I get where you're coming from? Well, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you do. But then that one time when I was like looking at you and giving you like that eye contact and it felt like you didn't get it or like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you just turned around and like, I mean, I see that you're trying, but I still, I felt really alone. Yeah. So the one time that you felt really lonely and you wanted to feel like I was there for you, I just wasn't seeing you. I just, I totally missed your gaze. That must've been so upsetting. Yes. And I just don't want that to happen again. And it almost becomes difficult to be mad at you in my mind when I'm trying to act this out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah, that is it. Mm -hmm. And it almost feels reassuring. Like mm. that could be said with a kind hand on the knee that right. then goes like, oh, yeah, that is what I wanted you to do. Mm-hmm. Hug mm-hmm. for me, probably some crying. <laughs> and then maybe afterwards there's a, that I am so uh, reassured in that moment by your validating and by you saying like hearing me and then giving me a chance to say like, no, it was actually this, that one time, that specific time that you mm. didn't look at me and then you recognizing that now I feel open to hearing the ways that you were trying to talk to the friends and mm-hmm. doing all that. And if yeah. you said that, that then after the repair has been done after the, like, you know, validating, and then you go, you know, I know you were really upset, but like. I I also like want you to know that I don't want you to feel like that at parties so much so that like I did go and 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 call and like I don't know those guys like they just didn't get it maybe they just mm-hmm. didn't talk to you and like they're, it's definitely worth having a conversation with them again because like I don't know yeah. they weren't paying attention I'm gonna do my absolute best so that you're never in that situation ever yeah. again right we're gonna be together we're gonna do better planning next time. We're going to hold plan? hands. Like we're going to oh, make no, sure when you look at me in the eyes like that, that yeah, 
Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. If, and if I miss it for some reason, then we'll have another signal so that I can make sure that I get it because I don't want you to feel abandoned or rejected or unseen. I want you to have so much fun with all my friends. And the way that I behaved, the way that I acted and what I did, it didn't, it didn't create that for us. So I'm really sorry that that happened. I feel so good. And I didn't even <laughs> get rejected at a party. <laughs> But like in this imaginary scenario, I feel so good about how you said that. Yeah. That so really is. It doesn't, it kind of doesn't matter. I mean, it mat- It might matter to me, but it, it kind of doesn't matter that I went into that party being like, I'm going to try to make sure that Sarah is getting all of her needs met and she mm-hmm. feels really connected because what I did didn't work. <laughs> like yeah. it didn't happen. So I need to go ahead and take responsibility for the impact that I had or the this lack is one of, of impact. those. It's the thought that counts. Doesn't work yes. situation <laughs> like great for presents. Terrible for uh, relationships. Yeah. I might've had like the best intentions in the world, yeah. but it doesn't really matter when it, and I'm not a mind life. reader. So I don't know what's mm-hmm. inside your head. I don't know how you got there, but if I get information on that, that helps me feel more confident that you have an understanding of what my needs are in the future. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The best way to get to this place where Sarah's talking about her feelings and I'm doing like active listening and empathizing what her, what she must've been going through is to do what Sarah said earlier, where you're asking yourself, are you triggered right now? Or are you not triggered? Cause if you're both triggered, you're not going to be able to just sink into the moment to understand all the different ways to look at this and that yes. there's two truths and not just one truth. So if you are triggered or if both of you are triggered, you should have a plan of what you're going to do to get not triggered. Are you going to take space? Are you going to come back in 15 minutes? Are you going to add level levity? Like, are you going to be vulnerable? Are you going to talk about it tomorrow? What needs to happen so that you're not triggered? Because if you're both triggered, you're both reacting to like something that happened, some trauma or whatever that happened in the past. And, well, and then, yeah. it, we're dysregulated. You're dysregulated right. exactly. in that moment. And when you are dysregulated, it is our our instinct to do things to try to re-regulate, to try to get regulated. Mm-hmm. And usually our efforts to do that, not so bueno. And like, <laughs> it's like control, yell it, like I'm mm-hmm. going to regulate through mm-hmm. these not so healthy means. And right. so we want to regulate in a healthy way. And whether that's, this is like each person is responsible for re like regulating themselves. So this is your, like, go off and take some deep breaths. This is your, like, uh, you know, maybe for some people they need to like call a friend and like vent real quick to the friend and just like get it. Sometimes I find the things that I'm really upset about. I talk to like you about on mm-hmm. here and I'm like, that was dumb. And I don't even care about that anymore. <laughs> and I, now that I say it out loud, that was mm-hmm. so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Why I had a friend once where I like complained to her about something I was mad about. And she goes, Oh yeah, the worst grounds for divorce. And I was like, you're right. That was so dumb. I don't mm-hmm. need to like, you're right. We're over it. It's fine. <laughs> so we just need to do that. And then we feel like, okay, somebody's hurt. We feel a little regulated. Then we can go back in, in that wise mind place, in that regulated place not reactive, not triggered and how we yep. really want to respond. Nobody no. wants to respond from the triggered place. No. Right. Who are those no. cuckoo crazies? <laughs> Nobody wants to. Exactly. It doesn't feel good. Uh-uh. That's how I knew when I was in a good relationship or bad ones. Like, how do I feel? There's like, of course, you know, feeling not so good after the fight and like, nobody likes to go to those places. But if after the repair, it still felt like I was scared about getting in future fights or like really worried about what it, I was like, this is not, this is not, I can't sustain this. Okay. I love answering all these questions. I also love all of the, uh, uh wonderful clients that I have in my super, super busy schedule. But you know what? I don't really love, uh, how I have absolutely zero time in between all of these things to, take care of myself and Mm -hmm. eat the food that I need in order to be able to do this job. So I need any sort of like helpful, supportive solution. And that is where daily harvest comes in. Yeah. No joke, but I eat daily harvest most mornings. I 
What I do with Daily Harvest is I make a smoothie bowl. So I take their smoothie ingredients. And the reason that I love their smoothie ingredients is because it has like the frozen fruits, which I mean, admittedly, I can go get frozen fruits at the store. But what Daily Harvest does is they have the freshest frozen fruits and they put like the kale and the spinach and all the green stuff in there. I don't even taste the kale or the spinach. It just tastes like beautiful, lovely, sweet frozen fruits. I put that in the blender pour that into a bowl and I put my own like um, organic granola on that. And it is so filling. It is the only smoothie that I eat that actually keeps me full all the way until lunch. Usually when I have a smoothie or a smoothie bowl, I have to eat like three hours later. This keeps me full for the entire morning. I love it. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love the overnight bowls. I love anything where like, that's when I tend to have my energy is at nighttime. So I want to do like all of my prepping and all the setting up for the next day. And it's so easy. I just like, I I say this, like I'm doing so much. I'm pouring almond milk into a bowl (laughs) and then I'm leaving it to sit overnight. And when I get there in the morning, it's like made this delicious, like overnight oats, like with all of my superfoods in it. That does leave me feeling full. And also like I'm filling my body with good stuff instead of like the crap that mm-hmm. sometimes I, you know, panic and eat yeah, exactly in a pinch. And I don't want to do right. that. No, we don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Sarah, we all deserve easy mornings. We should let Daily Harvest give you one less thing to worry about. Go to dailyharvest.com slash TCE to get up to $65 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash TCE for up to $65 off your first box, dailyharvest.com slash TCE. So the Gottmans, who they're, the Gottmans are these two therapists who are up in Seattle, Washington, and they've done a ridiculous amount of research on couples and relationships, and they can like predict whether or not you're going to stay together for a 95% accuracy rate. It's ridiculous. And one of the things that they talk about a lot is when they're watching a couple and they're trying to figure out if they're going to make it, if they're going to be in a healthy long-term relationship, they normalize that there's going to be fights, arguments, and disagreements. Mm -hmm. But that couple sort of naturally creates what they call rescue attempts. So you're getting to a fight. Maybe you're a little triggered. Maybe it's getting heated. Maybe it's I'm right, you're wrong sort of shit. One of you notices, and then one of you does a rescue attempt. So a rescue attempt is just getting you out of that energy and it might be making a joke it might be asking for space it might be being really sweet it might be holding their hand offering to cook a meal Mm -hmm. i love that move (laughs) right exactly hey what do you want for dinner or or Mm -hmm. sending a meme Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. there's a meme sent i'm like oh thank god we're okay yeah yeah it's the thing that lowers the blood pressure yes the thing is though is that Oftentimes, if you're the one and you're just like, okay, I'm going to try to do a rescue attempt and give them a little boop on their nose because it's an inside joke and we laugh at whenever we do that. And if you do that and they just bat your hand away, you want to be like, okay, fuck this. It's on. Right. The the rescue attempt oftentimes does not work the first time and you have to do it a second or a third time. This is such good information. Like this is so important to remember. Mm -hmm. Like you have to, because... That one and done, like, oh, I tried it. This doesn't work. This is never going to work. It's over. Da-da-da. Nope. Nope. You got to, like, first to to break down the wall and then mm-hmm. next one mm-hmm. to get to them. Exactly. Yeah. And you can even say, I'm trying to do a rescue attempt or we planned on this is our code word whenever we feel like things are too overwhelming and you, and you can do that. Um, the, the couples that stay together are the ones that do the rescue attempts pretty well. And that, yeah. that doesn't mean that you're never going to get into a blowout fight and rush and, you know, bang through all the rescue attempts and none of them are going to work. That's going to happen every now and then. But more often than not, you can come back to feeling grounded and safe and cared for and silly or sweet or lovely. Yeah. Once Eli and I started getting into an argument and I was in the shower and he was outside the shower and he's like, this feels not good to do when you're naked. <laughs> and I was like, I would agree with that. That's bad naked. That's and not good yeah. Naked. You know? Yeah. And he's like, let's put a pin in there. And it was so he, he was the one who brought attention to it where mm-hmm. he was like, 
this feels like a weird power dynamic when I talk to you like this. <laughs> Hang on a sec. We're just going to wait till afterwards. And then uh-huh. it was resolved. And, no, and the fact that he did that and recognized that, like, I was in no place to, like, I was very vulnerable already and, like, you know, no place to defend myself. It, it made me feel like he had my best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. So I was less reactive in whatever the heck it was that mm-hmm. happened that day. Like, mm-hmm. you know. I love that. Yeah. I do. The poor guy, like being in a relationship with somebody with ADHD is not easy. Like at, on the surface level, it's like, oh, it's so cute. Oh, she forgets stuff. Da, da, da. But like a lot of the tools and strategies that I've had to work with a therapist on like coming up with to help me maintain focus and get all the things done. If you don't inform somebody of those kind of things, then it can almost feel dismissive where like he'll come in the room and want to talk to me about something. And then I'll say, I I'm so sorry. I know that's important to you, but I'm right in the middle of something. Can we get to that later? And then I forget to get to that, which then makes it feel like I don't care. Mm -hmm. And you know, so we have to like come up with plans of like the whiteboard of things that he writes down of like Mm -hmm. wanting to talk to me about. So, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it is not easy. And there's so many things where I have to be like, yeah, that's, that's going to be like that forever. (laughs) Would you like to accept this or, you know, this is it. It seems like he's all in on it. He's yeah. accepted it. He tells yeah. me that all the time. But because of the models I had when I was growing up, I'm like, mm, I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. We'll okay. see. Yeah. So it's, it's like, just, I don't just know. sort of fear. What am I going to do? Prove it. But yeah. yeah. You're getting there every day. We're getting there. Uh, okay. What else we got? What else are we talking about? Let's talk about like some, you know, we talked about some healthy tips. Talked about like the Gottmans. Oh, I got a few questions Mm -hmm. from the listeners that I would love to get to in the little bit of time we have left. Uh, Just some like quick, quick questions and some quick answers. Yeah. How about this one? This is kind of like your how many fights, too too many fights. How long should one wait post-conflict to make an attempt to resolve it? Um, I, you know probably the answer I think is you're going to feel it in your gut. Um, I wouldn't wait too long though. And maybe that's just sort of like a personal answer. Cause I don't like to let fights linger and weird vibes to go on. Yeah. Um, but you probably have learned what your partner needs, how much space they need, how much time in order to cool down. Uh, I think that you should wait until you're both in your wise mind. You should wait until you're not triggered as much and then go ahead and process it. But it's something that you're going to come up with on your own. Some people like to talk about it later that night. Some people won't want to talk about it until two days from now. Sometimes you wait to process it until you're with your couple's counselor because you're afraid that it's going to get triggered again. And you're just like, oh, we need a third party for this one. Um, You can also have a scheduled weekly check-ins and then you bring it to the weekly uh, check-in. So it's kind of a non-answer. I give you an every answer. It's whatever you works for you. What do you think? Sarah? I mean, I think the important thing is to not brush it under the rug. Like there, I think Mm -hmm. this is like the address it before it becomes, um, you know, I had a, a couples therapist once that called them sleeping dogs where it's like these fights, these, these things that maybe you don't bring up or don't discuss are like these sleeping dogs that are around the room and mm-hmm. you got to tiptoe around them or else, you know, one false move and they all wake up. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, you're fighting about 20 different things. So making sure that, that there isn't that brewing resentment, like I'm a big fan of talking about it when it's a one or a two not mm-hmm. when it's a seven, eight, nine, ten. And I was in a relationship once where there wasn't a lot of community. There was no communication modeled growing up. So any time that there was uh, a disagreement or a fight of any kind, it was perceived as being a ten. Like if mm. you if you have to bring it up, it was just like bury it. Like don't talk about it. Just deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, ignore it. And so if you did bring something up, it was perceived as this like big, important thing. And now I'm over here bringing everything up when it's a one or two things that are like little so that, you know, it's like I'm doing like daily cleaning so that we don't have to do the big deep clean, you know, (laughs) the end of the week or something. Mm -hmm. And they were all received as like 
seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, mm-hmm. I can't believe you're this mad about. No, no, totally not. This is a two, but mm-hmm. we're just going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it can be difficult if you guys have a different understanding of what things should be communicated and what things shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. I think also it's a a red flag for me is if you're getting into fights, maybe a lot of fights, whatever a lot of fights is for you. If you're getting into a lot of fights during the honeymoon period, because mm-hmm. that's yeah. like, it, it's supposed to be the honeymoon period where you're like feeling really positive about each other. And that creates a real foundation and it creates the security and stability. And if you're creating a foundation on like rocky ground and it's, yeah. uh, that's not a great, that sign. is what you'll be building. Yeah. That is the foundation. Right. So expect that and, and more, mm-hmm. you know, later. Exactly. Uh, okay, how about this one? Uh, why do I laugh in the middle of a tough argument? I can't even help it, and I don't want to do it. <laughs> My friend, I do this one too. It's called incongruent affect. It is not fun. It's why a real so? Thing. What? Why do you think you do it? Oh my god! I. It's it's definitely. I think it's so. There's the fight, f- flight, fawn, freeze, and fawn. Yes, and I believe this falls into the last category of the fawn of like i'm gonna giggle my way out of this and like oh i'm so uncomfortable but i'm just gonna laugh and then like Mm -hmm. everything's okay and it's a way to break the tension it's a uh, i mean i in some of the least appropriate times where i'm trying to be the most serious have laughed and it has been really bad and yeah, that's that's. Yeah, I think it's more of a a fawn response, and you're feeling awkward and uncomfortable. Although objectively, if you take a step back, fights are very so silly. funny. They're so, so funny. funny. Yeah. Oh, and people say the dumbest things. <laughs> oh my god, the stupidest fucking shit. Yeah. So One funny. time, I like I, I this was with my ex husband. I'll say it. I don't care. I was like so angry. This was like in a hotel room too, and I had a water bottle in my hand. And I unscrewed the top of the water bottle and I splashed him with it. <laughs> I just aggressively oh, emptied my water bottle across the bed. <laughs> and I, I was like, wh- afterwards, he was like, that was insane. And I was like, what do you expect? I was on reality television. <laughs> exactly. You're lucky I didn't throw the full water bottle at you. Right. Like, that's crazy. So <sighs> yeah. I did that. That's, that's me fighting guys i mean if it works i mean if you're if you're laughing and it works to break the tension and it can be kind of a rescue attempt then okay but it's it's awkward it feels weird uh the problem with it is that it can also feel really invalidating if somebody's just like this is how you made me feel and then you laugh in their face about it or you start giggling uncontrollably then it's just like oh it makes me even more upset very not good but this is again it's like communicating that and like how you may be and helping them understand that like Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i mean not to get all like downy for a sec but like a little bit like sad but i when i was sexually abused by a daycare worker as a child and then interviewed Mm -hmm. by the detective about it at Mm -hmm. seven years old i could not stop laughing i couldn't stop smiling Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that is a seven-year-old trying to make the best of a situation that she doesn't understand how to make better. And the detective was like, is something funny? It seems like you're not taking this very seriously. I'll never forget that for my whole life. And I was like, I am so serious. And I was like laughing and crying. And like, I could almost (sighs) feel those, both of those emotions right now. Mm -hmm. And it was like, so invalidating. And Mm -hmm. so like, like to, to me, like, I was like, no, I am serious. Like I really do care about this. This is very serious. And I am trying to be like this. And so when that person wrote in and says like, I don't want to be like this, like I totally relate to that of like, Mm. this is not the expression that I want to be showing because it's conveying the wrong emotion, but Mm -hmm. that is a survival strategy that you learned to be safe. And so if you just tell yourself in those moments that you are safe and you work on some grounding techniques, feel your feet on the floor, take some deep breaths. It will help you feel a little safer and maybe you won't respond with laughing. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think it's, a, it's probably a trauma response. T- trauma response. That's yeah. it. So for sure. Take it easy on yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay. That's the uh, end of our episode. 
Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like we all need to, like, take a big deep breath after talking mm -hmm. about fights for so long. I, we hope that this helps encourage some congruent communication and healthy, you know, validating in your relationship. Uh, this is a lovely podcast to just play for somebody who you'd like to teach this to. Just a little idea. Yeah. You know, maybe they're not on the same page. and But I hope that this uh, episode can, you know, maybe change everything when it comes to that. <laughs> All right, Sarah. See you later. Bye.